This is a shh. shh. Do, 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 do. This is a library. This is a library. Don't shh. come be slipping up. Come be slipping up. Um, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good. Can you hear in the background Dot being shushed while she barks at cats? Dot, you need to shut the fuck up. We're recording an important podcast. Thank you for finally saying something and putting her in her place. You know, I I uh, consider it my responsibility to step in and uh, talk to other people's dogs. About, I about gotta say, this sense. our backyard, though, our, our back patio is like cat fuck central. All these cats come through there and just go at them. <laughs> Welcome to the Bundle Buddies. This is the podcast where we play through the HIO Bundle for Racial Justice and Equality. My name is Alex Honnett. And my name is Eric Taylor Roth. The itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality was launched in June 2020 during the massive outcry for racial justice following George Floyd's murder by police. It has 1,741 items from 840 plus creators, and it raised over $8 million. All proceeds were donated to the NAACP Legal Defense Educational Fund, as well as the Community Bail Fund. This is episode 40, and we have played 113 of the 1,365 games in the bundle. Thank you for joining us today. Hello, Eric. Hello, Roth. Alex. Alex, 40 episodes, and you just mentioned to me that you edit every single one of them, and I just want to give a little shout-out right now to Alex Honnett. Editor. I've gotten a lot better at it, you like, It's crazy. I mean, it's I, I'm, I'm lucky, because I just get to show up and kind of complain uh and and you, <laughs> you just you kind of do all the hard stuff you and, know it's, uh, it's it's really interesting like the actual editing of like sound stuff you know like put getting rid of gaps and rearranging stuff and like like you can really make people say whatever you fucking want to you know it's it's truly insane learning about that but the thing i'm not good at is getting like the mix right like getting the levels correct and making sure everyone sounds good so that's if i'm talking about roses and thorns my rose has been manipulation and editing and like reordering things and cutting out things that don't work. And then my thorn is mixing. Well, you know, every, every, um, everybody's got, I thought you were going to say every rose has its thorns. (laughs) (laughs) Every rose Uh, has its thorns. What's going Uh, on with you, buddy? How you doing? uh, I've been playing a bunch of, I've been playing that game switch and shoot a bit and having a good time with that and kind of just telling everyone to play it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's about to be my one year anniversary, so that's exciting. Oh, congratulations of your marriage. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that's that that rocks. It's um, pretty cool. My wife in, fucking rules. How are you she's doing? She's great. Uh I'm doing great, man. And and speaking of the stuff that rocks, uh our guest this week. Oh, oh my God. Daniel Mullins. What a fucking delight. Uh like this the I'm I'm so excited for this episode. I was so excited leading up to it uh and then um you know we kind of reached out to him and uh it's always totally possible that somebody you reach out to is uh you know strange and uh he was anything but strange just truly delightful 
It's um, funny too. It's like the game is so out there and deranged. Oh know? yeah, I mean, like I, I think that he's such a he is such an incredible game designer. Yeah. That, uh, that yeah, you and and you know, kind of plays in this this sort of murky, uh, kind of dark, uh, sort of deranged water uh, meta with his design. So yeah, it's like it could only come from like the nicest, normalist <laughs> dude. <laughs> It's like yeah, just um, you know, ah, uh, just so 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 fun. Just have such yeah. a great conversation. Um, it really I, is. We learn a lot about if if you haven't played the Hex or Pony Island, uh, I would strongly recommend playing them. Not just before you listen to this, although if you have listened to it and you're listening to it now, you you'll find out a lot of stuff about the game. Kind of the uh, the games the same time that we did. Uh, we both loved the Hex and sort of finished it over a chunk of time. Um, and then get to really geek out with him about some of the choices he made and finding out like why he did it and what it was like to create it. It's also, like awesome. I, if, if you haven't played any of those games, I, I think that this episode will only get you stoked on them and also get you stoked on his upcoming game called Inscription, uh, yes. which looks awesome and he gets to it, talk about it a bit on here too. It has a trailer that, again, we don't do a good job of researching our guests before they come on the podcast. We're just doing like any research <laughs> at all. Like, it's very normal for us to have guests be like, oh, and I checked out the itch page and I learned this. It's like, wow, that's cool. I wish I had known that before I like went off like this, you know? Thank you for doing the work that we don't do. But in this situation, he's like, oh, yeah, I have a new game coming out. And then I went to watch a trailer and was like, oh, my fucking God, dude, this looks so good. It looks good. incredible. It looks so cool. It looks awesome. Um, the cause this week. Um... Cause is a bit of a mouthful. Okay. You want to go? You want to take it? Do you mind? Yeah. Uh, so the cause this week is GiveWell, the GiveWell Maximum Impact Fund. Uh, basically, GiveWell is a nonprofit dedicated to finding outstanding giving opportunities and publishing the full details of our analysis to help donors decide where to give. Unlike charity evaluators that focus solely on financials, assessing administrative or fundraising costs, we conduct in-depth research aiming to determine how much good a given program accomplishes. The Maximum Impact Fund is sort of like a, a combination of all the recommended charities. So when you give to the Maximum Impact Fund, you're giving to the best charities that GiveWell has analyzed. Um, so uh, it's, uh, you know, they've, they, they've hacked giving. It's a meta and charity for a meta game designer. They, yeah, they've, they've bundled, uh, they, they bundled the charities. So when you give well, you might as well give to give well um we've donated to them if you donate and send proof to bundle buddies podcast at gmail.com we will shout you out on the show i think we should just uh fucking get in there and and let yeah. people hear uh, i'm gonna be sad one. when this is over when we we'll talk to you guys again because then this pot this episode that i'm looking forward to so long is going to be done oh but you know what there's there's cool stuff on the horizon isn't there always got it incorrect and so like so it was like all right but it's okay like you've got your flight booked from back from indianapolis and it's like that doesn't make any sense like i don't i can't fly from indianapolis yeah, yeah, yeah. if i, I can't if i can't be there first yeah. before i can fly back from there and it was like it like the i was calling the credit card and it was all staticky and it was like at two o'clock i figured i could book a flight <laughs> And so, like, a half hour later, I had to just be like, I have to go right now. I have to do a fun podcast. <laughs> I can't yeah, yeah. continue to sit on here with this, like, staticky nothingness. 
Oh, so I'm obviously in a very good headspace. <laughs> You're ready to go, baby, which I, I really appreciate. We're just It's going to be real spicy. Hi, Daniel. How's it going? Hey. Oh, oh great. Thank you so much for doing this. I, oh, of course, yeah. I, uh, oh, oh, Coming in hot. Coming in hot. No one's. Yeah. I mean, that's that's about as hot as you can come in to like yeah, going yeah. from like customer service nightmare to yeah. like. All right, guys. Hi. Hi. What um, do you guys here we think go. about video games? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about so, Sega. Uh, <sighs> Daniel, what, what, uh, is it Daniel Dan? Do you have a preference? Uh, either or, really. People, a lot of people call me Dan. A lot of people call me Daniel. D-Dog. Yeah. Here we go. It's not D-Dog. Danny. I don't like it. No, <laughs> no Danny. Okay. I actually don't care, but no one calls me that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. That This way, if we like call you Danny, you can be angry with us, yeah, which yeah. is the, the best place. Um, no, uh, before we're already recording, but if there's, do you have any questions or anything like that before we get into, to, into things? Not really. No. Fantastic. Awesome. Um, do you do a lot of podcasts or is, is, uh, is you know, not a lot. I've yeah. been on a, a few as like a, a guest for like video game related stuff. And then I had a very uh, short attempt at trying to start one with a couple of friends a little while back. Totally. We kind of lost motivation. I don't know what happened. But What was the podcast about? It was a, a video game one where one of us would, it, it, I guess it was in some ways similar to this. It was like one of us would suggest a game from our childhood that meant a lot to us. And then we'd force the other two to play it. And then we'd all talk about it. Oh, that's fun. Uh, we did maybe three episodes. Before we <laughs> <laughs> you guys are doing a lot better. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, we're, we're definitely going to finish the whole thing. No question. Wow. We're going to make it through all the... Bu- yeah, there's no doubt in my mind. What's the total? Will... How many games are there? It's uh, 1,365, something wow. like that. <laughs> yeah, so it's absolutely positively definitely going to happen. There's no <laughs> way we won't. Yeah, yeah. We're already cruising. We t- uh, Last episode episode we uh, like hit 100 games which was like oh man i don't know the last time i played uh, i don't think i ever have played yeah yeah new games in a single year that yeah. feels like a lot it is a lot oh um, should we get into it is it time <laughs> I'm, so, I'm in such a bad mood so uh, should we do some like some deep breathing exercises eric how do you feel <sighs> uh, 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 all right i love the idea too maybe like if it works really well we should just uh if this episode goes especially well we should just have you be really annoyed before every episode i'm starts. so yeah. frustrated we'll because i've been so excited for this episode for like a month now <laughs> and i'm like well yeah and so you know we should say uh, our guest this week is uh daniel mullins um who is uh the creator of one of our favorite games we've played in the bundle so far, The Hex. Uh, also, the creator of a game that got shouted out in like our first or second episode, in like the first in episodes, uh, Pony Island, which was, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that that's, you know. So uh, what a get for us, uh, our, our badge of legitimacy. You have, uh, you know, buoyed the hopes of this, uh, <laughs> the Good Ship podcast. <laughs> we really appreciate it. But um, first of all, you know, The Hex, we, we I, <laughs> I, play, I played through like, maybe the first quarter when we record the episode and it was like, this is a great game. I'm excited to go back at some point, you know, very cool, like very fun. And then I finished it yesterday and texted Eric like, Oh my fucking God, <laughs> this 
the the way the game ends just like it's it was so cool so i mean thank you you know to, to get us started like what the hell man? You, know, you really went off with that thing i did yeah I, that was a, a lot of work to put that thing together and it um i guess the process uh was very haphazard and it's kind of a process that i'm repeating with my newer game where i just kind of started and kind of saw where it went so maybe that's why it was so unexpected and weird at the end because i was also kind of figuring out it as i went that's cool that's fun yeah so yeah. i i looked at your website a little bit and it it looks like you do a lot of game jams right and then you use yeah. that work in order to um why don't you you talk through that process for sure us? yeah i i really like doing them um as both uh just for fun and also as a, an exercise that um, kind of can improve my skills, like a sort of a practice. And then in some cases, like with Pony Island and with my current game, um, something I make in that very t short time span resonates with people or resonates with me. And then I decide that maybe it, ha it maybe it's a seed of something much bigger. I didn't do that with the hex, uh, but I did do that with Pony Island and my current game it's inscription. Cool. Uh, what was yeah. so? What did you what did you know going into the hex versus like what did you kind of like figure out along the along the way? Because I also Very I just little. finished it. I finished it this morning. <laughs> yeah, I played it before yeah, yeah, and cool. I was like, "This rules!" And then like I actually finished it. So you knew very little. Yeah, very little. I was. It was kind of a stressful starting of the project and the whole thing was a little stressful because i had the success of pony island and i had this really strong feeling that i i had to follow this up and fast like i i don't know why i thought that was so i mean i guess there's importance to it but i don't feel that as much now but i thought i gotta make you know um i've got to confirm my success with a second title and then i'll really be off to the races um <laughs> but in that kind of panic to start i was not really thinking that much about the whole scope of the project or what what it would be i i had a false start with a different game um that i developed an art style for that i was kind of digging but the rest of the game wasn't coming together so i scrapped it after a month and i started on the hex with the same art style but a totally different premise and i had just gone out to see uh the quentin tarantino movie the hateful eight okay. and i came home and i was like you know what i'm I'm panicking. I need to start a new game soon. Uh, I can't stagnate. So, you know, that was a cool movie. And like, I can kind of think about how that would be a cool thing to adapt to a video game format. And then like the idea of the different genres kind of really solidified it. Like each character is from a different genre and then you play that genre in uncovering their past. And originally I thought it would be this more, um, loosely connected thing where you'd play them in any order and a story would sort mm. of emerge um, picking up the pieces of different ones. And I realized that wasn't really going to, it was just going to be a lot harder to. <laughs> That's so do. much more work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, having them come one after another was just a lot easier and allowed yeah. me to make a more, I guess, a narrative that you could actually follow if, if yeah, you even achieved that. But, oh um, yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> you, def you definitely, yeah. I think that like, that's what we were texting each other this morning about is like, you know, we've played a lot of games that are really focused on like communicating a narrative or telling a story, you know, um, often at the expense of the gameplay. Mm -hmm. um, and what's one of the things that struck me so much about the hex is that all the different games you played, 
uh, were fun in their own right, but but not so difficult that it, it all detracted from like the story and push and like the you know pushing it forward, which mm-hmm. I think is like a staggeringly difficult thing to do. You yeah. know, where like I'm actually having fun playing this thing as more stuff is unfolding, but I'm not so bogged down that like I get frustrated and want to stop or anything like that. It's just yeah. like unfolded really naturally. Yeah, and I think a lot of that comes down to things that are done much later um, mm. in the process, like just relentlessly playtesting it and ironing out all of these little sources of frustration and difficulty. Um, and I can really tell when a game has put a lot of effort into that, where it feels like everything that you're experiencing has been fully thought through by the developer. Like you're not throwing, you're not throwing the game any curveballs that they didn't think about. Mm. Um, and, and I think that really just comes from uh, playtesting it a ton. And that was something that was much later in the process. Uh, you worked for, so uh, would you mind kind of giving us a little uh, trajectory of your sort of like programming experience, kind of like where you started to, to kind of get to this point? Yeah, um, I hadn't done it too much as a very uh, young person. I had kind of dabbled in it in my teenage years. I was doing some things that um, would end up being useful to my game development, like learning um, flash Mm. animation and doing simple things in that. But I had never really been able to grasp programming. It always seemed too hard when I tried it. And then I uh, did a four-year computer science degree where I had to learn it. And then, but even then, <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but even then they, they didn't, I don't know how well they really <laughs> prepared us for the industry. So yeah, I think really, really when I learned how to program was when I was thrown into the uh, games industry as a programmer. And I, I kind of bluffed my way in by saying I had more C++ uh, programming skills than I really did, but they <laughs> believed me and I had to learn on the spot. And then I had another job in the games industry as a programmer. And then by that point, um, I felt I was more than capable of doing my own project in in Unity. And I had already been doing game jams alongside these other industry experiences. Okay. I kind of, yeah, I guess a more traditional path of doing an education and then getting experience in the on the job. Um, And so, so, so then Pony Island, um, what uh, kind of what what compelled you to go like okay I've done these game jam games time to make a new game what was the sort of like was there any impetus there or was it just did it feel yeah. kind of natural? Well, I, I had um. Did you a, like go a to a Pony to, Island uh... and then like you were like oh, I've got it? <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. I I just was in a state where I felt that my my ideal work would be to make indie games of my own. I was feeling that as a programmer in the games industry, uh, no one really wanted to hear my creative ideas or my design <laughs> ideas. They're just, just make it work. It doesn't, we'll leave that to other people. Uh-huh. Um, so I felt like either I want to try to work my way into a role in these companies where I'm making creative decisions, or I want to make my own games where I can call all the shots, which would be ideal. Yeah. Um, so, and then why Pony Island? That was just uh I did the game jam and I don't know exactly where the ideas came from because it was so quick. It was just a weekend. And uh, I, the the theme of the game jam was entire game on one screen. And I thought my concept that I just um, had the idea of was what if it was an options menu 
and that was the one screen and somehow that options menu is haunted and then uh -huh. i guess you know satan makes sense as why it's evil <laughs> uh kind of you know that makes sense and at pony island i i don't know it was like a innocent sounding disguise for the satanic stuff uh and then that game jam uh had its own mini success where uh, i watched a few people play it on twitch and that was like super exciting and i thought wow like people think this idea is cool i had a bit of press coverage just on the game jam game so i thought if i'm gonna take an indie shot this is a great thing to start with and i started yeah. pitching it to publishers and then the kind of that kind of got the ball rolling on it cool uh can we go can we go like way back yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've been we've been un, we've been like going back like in half steps and yeah. now we're no, going we're just, all the way yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you when did you start playing video games? Do you have like an early first video game memory? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely do. Um it was the first game I really got into was Pokemon Blue version. Fair um cool. and that was a huge obsession. Like I was a, a pretty obsessive kid. It was like dinosaurs i mean this is according to my parents i don't remember caring about <laughs> dinosaurs but <laughs> dinosaurs and trains at one point and then at some point it was pokemon i'm just going to be totally obsessed with it nice um and i remember getting the game boy color and just like that was the only thing i cared about in life for some number of years I oh guess. yeah i mean and, i remember uh, I, think... I remember having that like on game boy and i have a distinct memory of like getting out of a car in a parking lot and my dad being like eric you need to like look we are like in a like what are you doing right now <laughs> like that obsessive nature with pokemon, yeah. I, pokemon yeah, is yeah. Like, such a perfect what a perfect game right like that was like one of those games yeah. where you were like legitimately upset that there were not pokemon in the world right like it, it just made yeah. you so yeah. excited for the prospect of like actually encountering Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what was so exciting about Pokemon Go when the hype was mm -hmm. around that. Um, mm -hmm. I definitely got into that a little bit. For sure. Kind of tries to fulfill that dream a little bit. <laughs> My sister was very, very into Pokemon. I got to experience, I think that was like her first video game that she really, really got into. And yeah. to ex experience that through her was really exciting. But did it what not was your, what, infect what, you with the Pokemon? Or? I, I did. I had a weird experience with, with those games because I had lived in Japan for a while oh, um, as a little kid and was just like not really that into, you know, like that aspect of the culture. While I was there, I, I tried to preserve my Americanness as much oh, yeah. <laughs> as possible sort of a thing, which looking back is like so stupid. But at the time <laughs> it felt like, oh, I, you know, this is somewhere I'm living for right now. Like I, I should, you know, st try to like stay true to my <laughs> yeah. zingoistic core kind of a thing. So <laughs> yeah. that when I go home, I'm not like different or strange. Yeah. Um, and Pokemon, I think I was there in like 1998 and that was all that was like on the culture. Mm. That, that was like such like the, the biggest thing right there then. Right. So when I got back to the, the States, it was big here finally. And uh, then I got kind of into it, um, yeah. but it was sort of like a roundabout way where it's like, I don't know what the fuck my problem was when I was like a 12 year old running around Japan. <laughs> like, you know, like I, I just couldn't enjoy that thing. Yeah. There's um, kind of a stubbornness when everyone's telling you, you should like something and completely oh, yeah. quite resonate. With I have that. What was your, uh, what was your, do you have a favorite Pokemon from the, from blue specifically? 
Uh, I had a, a Gengar Pokemon trading card that I treasured. Sick. And then one time I was possessed to trade it to another kid and he wouldn't give it back. And it was like a the first like major crisis in my life. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's so devastating. Yeah. Just like... <laughs> Do you want to name the kid? Like shame them right now. What are I doing I now? actually don't even remember the kid's name. I it, it was like an older kid in a higher grade who might have like conned me or manipulated mm. me, or at least that's how I'm gonna paint it now. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you learned an important lesson. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, it's not gonna fool me uh, once. Shame on you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, you started so Game Boy, Pokemon, early first love. Do you have uh? like what what kind of came after that uh as i recall um we were always a bit i think always a generation behind or a little bit behind because my parents were really concerned that we would play too much games Mm -hmm. and if we got the newest thing then it would be too irresistible yeah so i think like even when the gamecube was out i was still deep into n64 okay and i was like really into ocarina of time and um sure just the big the big n64 hits uh super mario 64 uh i think especially super mario 64 i just have really fond memories of i would walk to school with this other uh friend who would also play it and we'd be swapping kind of like secrets about it as we walked to school Mm -hmm. and there wasn't like an online place where you could just get that information or maybe there was but i was too dumb to know about it (laughs) (laughs) did you guys have internet in your in your house were you like a early computing family we we definitely did, but I don't remember having access to it. Like I, I don't think my oh, parents right. were just saying like, "Go and look up Super Mario secrets." <laughs> <laughs> One of my earliest memories is like not, uh, but video game related is searching for like Final Fantasy three and Chrono Trigger fan fiction. Oh yeah, on like. Uh, I'm like search engines before google be like looking for the best fanfic sites on web chrome (laughs) jeeves what are jeeves what are what are what are final fantasy looking for final fantasy 3 continuation stories please (laughs) so it's kind of like a story of of after the events of the game because you just needed to know like someone's idea of what happens next kind of desperate desperate to continue i miss the characters so yeah yeah i really really don't want it to be over and we'll do anything and being very disappointed i think with a lot of the writing style and what sort of what would happen you know right yeah They, they didn't catch the, the gravity of the tone of this game. I don't know why, like, some 13-year-old online didn't just, like, remake yeah. uh, such a masterpiece. Um, after, uh, after N64, did you, did you then get a GameCube? <laughs> did you, yeah, uh, we got guys. a GameCube eventually. I was, I was uh, definitely a Nintendo guy for a long time, completely cool. not exposed to any of the same era PlayStation games or anything like that, so that's a a complete black hole in my video game experience. And if I want to play those early PlayStation games, I'd have to go back now. And there's really not, it's hard to to do that. There's so much nostalgia that kind of holds these things up. Oh yeah. And like the graphics, like the graphic quality of those early games Mm -hmm. is absolutely abysmal. Like, and, and I think it's, it's like especially (laughs) terrible because in our like collective memories, it was like the height of like oh, yeah. graphics, yeah. right? Like it was just like it felt so real and so cool. Oh. And you look back at it now, and it's like, yeah, you know, Laura Croft is like three rectangles, <laughs> and you're like, 
Oh, yeah. okay. This was it. This was what like people were stoked on. These like three yeah. rectangles. Uh, so yeah, no, remember... it is it is tough to do that. Yeah, I have a distinct memory of of getting the GameCube and getting Smash Bros. Melee and noticing the texture of Mario's overalls. Like I could see like oh, a little wow. like corduroy or whatever they made i was like holy shit this is so real <laughs> like, this was bros melee i was like uh i mean blue that N64 game, out of the water i played that so much in college uh just because like a, my roommate had it and I, I remember being like feeling like i was pretty good at it and then my school had like you know a competition or whatever and just realizing how bad i actually was like right oh, yeah. like having no <laughs> yeah. like actual understanding of what like kind of the world because that game has has like a very high bar for like gameplay right you know and and i was oh, like yeah you know like ah, i feel like i'm pretty good against like my one friend right yeah. and then like you go you show yeah. up and suddenly like people are doing crazy crazy like dashing or whatever oh yeah. yeah and you're like yeah. you're like like somehow getting back onto the map from positions that are just like i, I would have been dead i would have been yeah. so dead. like yeah, yeah. oh it's like oh i'm bad it's sort of funny to, to think about like the level of skill in a game like that is like a, equivalent to like an nba player like the very be- yeah. professional melee players yeah you know like even if you think you're like oh i'm pretty good i can shoot around a little bit it's like oh no they are nth degree better yeah. than you. Oh, we wouldn't have it, even a chance. No, there's <laughs> like, like they would play play around with you. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe it even wouldn't be. How, what was your like melee experience like? Do you, do you still ever play any of the Smash Brothers games? Do you enjoy them still? I do enjoy them. I, I played a ton of Brawl, Smash Bros. Brawl with my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably the one I spent the most time with. And um, I have a Switch and I have the most recent Smash. Uh, haven't played a lot of couch co-op recently with the uh no i can imagine yeah exactly exactly. i would like to get back to that uh, (laughs) friends are great not i could never uh i could never do any advanced techniques but i like uh, playing it casually (laughs) oh yeah well i think that i mean like we're also at a moment now where because of like online play because of the state of online play you kind of know you're like pretty clear on like how good you are compared to like most other people right like there's just there's not really gonna ever be that time anymore where like you think you're really good at something yeah (laughs) when you're actually really bad because now it's like you kind of can just play against pretty much everybody who's playing it right like it's just sort of like there's five hundred thousand people playing this game and you are you know in the bottom 30 percent like good job that means you're like and I mean, with with that kind of quitter mentality, you'll never get to the top three percent. You know, I you know you should see me, you should play me in Rocket which League. Which specific which game are you I'm talking, thinking about about talking about? Rocket League. I thought I was like, it's yeah. so funny. I got to platinum two, right? And I was like, I'm pretty good at this. And I was talking to uh, former former bundle buddy uh, guest bundle Lieber, Andrew Haywood, and he was like, let me see, like where you are positionally in that. And it's like, oh, bottom 30%. <laughs> I was like, I feel so good at this. And it's just like, no, you're bad. <laughs> That's kind of surprising that you, I thought there'd be a much bigger base of people who can barely, like my experience with Rocket League is like, I hit the ball. Wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, and I, <laughs> 
I know. I guess it's just been around long enough that people are that like game. incredible. Yeah, I guess so. What sort of games do you find? I mean, you know, to, just to take a little break from the plumbing, the nets, and the nostalgia. Yeah. What, what sort of games are you playing these days, or are you really focused on developing? Like, how yeah. does that work in your head? I guess the, what I play and what I develop is often fairly different. Although they did come together a little bit with Inscription, which is, or at least it starts as a uh, deck building roguelike, which is. Um, Ooh, you're speaking our language. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and very, I, very of the moment, too. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Although it, it has, if you'll know anything from the hex, it, uh, it's not all one genre the entire game, and it <laughs> has a few uh, curveballs for you. But, uh, <laughs> but I guess with Inscription, I did really line up what I enjoy playing with what I'm making because I, I do love card games. I've been playing Magic the Gathering since I was a kid and um, oh, yeah. I love these deck building roles like Slay the Spire and uh, Monster Train and those I sunk a lot of time into. Monster Train's um, very fun. Have you ever played Dream Quest? I haven't. No. So Dream Quest I think is like the proto deck building roguelike. I, like I don't know if I... Magic is like is kind of a deck building roguelike, right? Like magic is just sort of magic, right? Like it's it's a tr- it's yeah, its yeah. own thing, uh, tr- you know. Truly delightful, although I haven't. Strixhaven has sort of eluded me. I just like it's it's oh, yeah. it's way too <laughs> like the I don't know. Goofy? Yeah, it's too goofy. <laughs> I we could get into. I mean, we could really get into it, but uh, Dream Quest is fun. You should check it out. It's like super super minimal you know like it's very difficult it's i and it's yeah. slay the spire um like like lifted a bunch for uh for slay the spire which um is, is it that stick figure one yes uh, yeah an image of a game an early yeah yeah I, I did look at that when i was kind of looking at deck building roguelikes to research yeah air quote <laughs> steal from <laughs> well, yeah or, or just to play for enjoyment and call it research oh, yeah, yeah exactly uh it's it's super fun because it's so i it's so difficult right like i think like in a lot of ways a lot of the deck building ro- roguelikes figured out how to like uh trick you into thinking thinking that you were good until like yeah, and Dream yeah, Quest yeah. doesn't do it doesn't hold your hand at all. It's like, right, nope, right. you lost. <laughs> like, so, yeah. Sorry, you're bad at this. I don't know. It's super yeah. fun. It's very, very minimal uh, graphic quality. Right, right. Um, but I think I kind of owe it to myself to play it, considering it's part of a history that I'm kind of in. Now. Yeah, I think it's it's very easy to be overlooked because it looks so shitty and it's so <laughs> difficult, right? And yeah. so like it's easy for yeah. people to be to be like. No, no, like Slay the Spire is the best, or like Nightmare. There's another one, Night of the Full Moon, which is also a very mm. fun roguelike deck builder. I'm just, I'm so, mm. I, it's like my favorite genre of game. It's like, oh yeah, okay. I'm, I'm <laughs> a big, big old fan. Yeah, I didn't realize Inscription was specifically that. That's exciting. yeah, it starts as that. I'll say. Um, okay. Oh my god, this freaking guy. <laughs> This psychopath we're talking to. Like, Let's just say it's not your daddy's deck building. Roguelike. You could say that. Um, but I think it does satisfy. It'll like for people who are coming to it for that, it will satisfy that. Um, that's kind of 
desire. I'm so, I'm excited to play like with objects in my house as the game like you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah, I have yeah. to cast my suitcase or something like that <laughs> yeah. like, as the thing turns itself back onto me. Yeah. Uh, what what got you into sort of designing with the um, like the meta quality in mind? Where where does that inspiration sort of come from? Yeah, were there specific games that you like that you really appreciate like that, or is that just the way your brain works? <laughs> yeah, I don't really know. I, I think of the reason why I did that so much in the hex was because it maybe because it worked so well for me in Pony Island, where it it can I don't know actually <laughs> it it uh it just tied things together mm. in in a nice way for the uh, with the hex specifically. Um, having i guess this is a bit of a spoiler but having the the games that you play all be made by the same developer mm. um made a lot of sense to me and uh mm -hmm. i guess allowed me to have that ending to the game and um maybe it maybe another thing that another reason why it works for me is that i can speak from experience as a game developer when mm -hmm. writing characters in the game that are involved in the process of games too mm. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't really know. It, it it wasn't like it was a strong inspiration from some other game that I thought I had to do. But a, did you play? Did you check out? Uh, there is no game. Have you played? That I did. Yet? Yeah, I, I played that a little bit. Yeah, it was quite cool. I, I'm enjoying that. I haven't gotten all the way through it though. It was interesting. I played that game before I played the hex, and just seeing kind of the, the shared elements and, and you know aspects of it that that were similar. Obviously, it's it's you know, it's they definitely exist in like the same lineage of like yeah kind of behind the scenes things and i what a cool like genre to be a part of you know yeah like, so yeah, things get moved forward that way definitely i when i was playing it i i had to fight off this feeling that like did they play my game and you know like <laughs> but that's that's such a i think that's just a bias that i would have because i'm so familiar with my own games obviously that i would I think mean, that you know, but <laughs> when i played the hex i had to go back and check which came out for, you know what i mean like, yeah, I think yeah, there, yeah there's definitely enough in there for there, there to be like a conversation to to be had but yeah the nice but, thing about you know there is no game is they, they do a good enough job that it's like it definitely stands on its own you know, oh it's, absolutely it's, yeah it's, still it's, really it's fun. by no means any sort of ripoff and i think a lot of ideas if you start from us a, uh, a certain place there's some obvious ways to go some mm -hmm. things that would occur naturally to someone making a game like this so can i ask definitely don't accuse is lionel okay the character Lionel, who is the developer in yeah. the Hex, who's like a raging narcissist, yeah. is, is he? I mean, clearly, Eric, I don't think you have to ask based on this conversation we've had for the last, you know, 30 minutes. Is like, so he clearly. Based on me? No, is he, is, <laughs> is he, uh, is he based on somebody? Or is he, uh, is he you and or did I just fuck up by saying he's a raging narcissist? No, 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 no. I agree that the character is a narcissist and that was intentional. Yeah. Um, the original idea. And like I said, the process of making this game was very much like just, it was evolving as it went. Mm -hmm. And my original idea was that the character was kind of me or like an alternate version of me. Mm -hmm. And it was going to be exactly my name backwards. Yeah, that's funny. Um, and then I started uh, writing some stuff for the character and then realize that uh i don't want this to be seen as me because this character is a bad person yeah. or at least 
I don't know. Not, not that great of a person. Yeah. Uh, and so I thought, I don't want to, I don't want people to think that I'm saying this has to do with me. So I just want it to be its own character, but I did kind of like the weird name that he had with my name backwards was Leonad Snillum. And so I was like, how do I kind of craft that into a name that's actually a real name? So Lionel and then Snill is a real last name. There's no one's last name Snillum, I don't think. But, uh, but I and then Lionel Snill has a weird ring that I kind of like. It's a very weird name, but I kind of it always just. Oh like, yeah, no, I think. Like is he based off that? Be like, is it, it? Yeah, is this the guy who stole your Gengar? You know, no. fuck you. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, uh, no, it's not really based on anyone. Because it, well, it's funny because I feel like the I've he like rang really true for like some of these kind of like narcissistic uh i've encountered like a handful of them and i think that yeah. the tech world really propped uh, like this sort of like new crop of people up right yeah. like i think of i don't know there's just been a handful of people that i've interacted with who i'm like oh you did something cool and like you d you like and that's cool. And now, like, you are so high on the smell of your own farts. Like, yeah, yeah. like you're not that – you're not, like – I don't know. I'm th Someone whose name no, I specifically had to edit out of previous podcasts. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> is that – There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't even know who that is, but – oh, Yeah, great. it's fine. But, yeah, he got canceled. <laughs> we don't okay. <laughs> i'll research that later it's fine okay. uh yeah i don't i i don't know the heck's fucking ruled dude you did such a oh, great thanks. job with it I, I, we were talking like at the end of the game like as just so as you're saying that it was something that you you can't that like kind of came to organically do you remember the moment when it all clicked into place like you know did you it was there a specific time when you were like oh my god and the, yeah, what actually. was that like I, I did have it, it definitely not everything clicked in, but when I realized uh, where I, I could go with it was when I thought about um, having the Steam reviews as platforms on Super Weasel Kid, and that was when I had the idea of each uh, game having a meta game or sort of a meta um, apparatus that was telling another story, mm -hmm. and that that other story would be a common developer. Um, making the games and then eventually something happened to that developer and, and by no means did that was that like a eureka moment that everything else was sort of laid down at that point but it, mm -hmm. I think that was the moment where I where I felt like I had everything I needed to kind of forge ahead where before that I didn't have the meta thing in the game it was just like hateful eight with video game characters and yeah. their pasts um, so I think that was a, a but there was a few moments like that where just good ideas that really clicked with the rest of the game that I think it was more spread out across the whole thing of little moments like that. That's yeah, awesome. I mean, massive spoiler, but the moment when everyone's together and you have to raise your hand to also, like, oh, yeah, catch yeah. the hex, you know? Like, I was just cackling. Like, having an <laughs> absolute fucking blast. And that, you know, and as he starts to rise up, I was just like, damn, this fucking <laughs> I got so, oh, thank you. I got so amped. It was great. I think so much of that, I, I should uh, shout out to my composer and sound designer, Jonah Senzel, uh, because I've worked with him now for all three of my major games. And I think uh, just the work he does 
clicks so well with me and then clearly to other people too, where I, I usually make the scene visually first, show it to him, and then he kind of just goes I just goes wild with it. And like that final scene in the hex is so much up to the sound. It's it's stellar job. Well, there, there's also this element, you know, in, in this, you know, we don't, as a podcast, you know, we are pretty casual gaming fans. You know, we play a lot of video games, but I would not say we're like super steeped in the culture or, or anything like that. Or, or, you know, it's the first year that we've played a hundred plus games you yeah. know, as, as sort of, you know, as, as a uh, exercise and, yeah. uh, you know, a project. But um, specifically, we've played a lot of games, you know, the visual style the beginning doesn't necessarily lend itself to the kind of depth that this game really has mm -hmm. and the kind yeah. of narrative behind it. It has, it felt like when I started playing it. I was like, okay, what is this thing? Like, let's see. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't even realize it was the developer who created Pony Island. And it, the fact that it doesn't present itself all at first, it kind of feels like a weird fan servicey kind of thing that we're like the, you know, yeah. it looked just a little rough around the edges at first. And then like, you're like, Oh wait, no, it's not. And Oh, it's, really you know it just unfolds even more like yeah, yeah it was such an exciting way to play this game you know to go into it knowing absolutely nothing and then to just have so much un uh, uh, unveiled and specifically the music i think is a great example of that is the music's so awesome yeah you know? yeah it is it, it, yeah i think uh part of why it's kind of rougher around the edges near the beginning of the game is because i did work on it sort of linearly and i did get better uh, as i went i still uh, that's i think cool. that happens yeah yeah that was with a lot of developers in like earlier on and i still think i was at a stage there where i was still like really my skills were improving as i went and i'm not saying like everyone's always learning and getting better but maybe i've reached a point of more diminishing returns for this game i'm currently working on maybe it feels like that mm. i don't know hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I think I, the later parts of the hex, I would say are better than, uh, earlier parts in terms of visuals and maybe other factors as well. So this really, it was a situation where you kind of, you know, when you're saying both the plot developed it within along, you also kind of created the game yeah. early. So the stuff that happened later on was actually stuff you worked on later. Yeah. Much later. And cause it was, oh made man, that's the, awesome. Yeah. It's <laughs> so I, rad. Yeah. It was made over the course of almost three years. Uh, which isn't to say, I mean, I, I did a ton of going back to earlier parts and it's not like I would work on them and then like never look at it again. Um, but I think when you make it the first time, you do kind of limit um, its potential. Like you can only polish a turd so much. And not to say it's a turd, but like if you, if, if it's a kind of shaky to start, there's only so much iteration can do for it maybe and so yeah. maybe my stronger starts in later parts of the game were uh, uh better foundations yeah do you have a do you have a favorite game of all time i don't think i would say any single game um it's kind of things i've played recently that i really like or, or somewhat recently the last one last indie game i that really blew my mind was Outer Wilds. Oh, it's incredible! Mm. What a fucking I incredible I game! I just bought. I just bought it so that we can finally start fucking talking about it. Oh yeah, someone brings it up because it, every time yeah, it's yeah. like, "Oh, it was the best game I played. I love it so much." I, yeah. said that. It, I, I I got a little bit of the like end of Outer Wilds. I actually thought you were kind of making fun of the end of Outer Wilds in the end of the hex. Oh no, I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> like just sort of the like it's like oh the artsy like you know like 
now you're gonna cut like look at this please don't please stop please stop please stop (laughs) i can't i can't do that i don't want this game spoiled for me i'll play it in the next month i promise eric i swear to god absolutely rules what an incredible game yeah it was that was yeah and and it says something that that was like 2019 and even since then i haven't played something that really uh, blew my mind as much but i don't want to say it's my favorite game ever because, um, <laughs> I, I have to think about it more <laughs> uh, it's fine but. it's i i know your favorite game of all time is obviously rocket league i can tell <laughs> there's lots of rocket league influences going on in your game <laughs> when my car does make contact with the ball maybe <laughs> for that <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're back again. Uh, we all got refreshed. I drank a, the rest of my green tea and started my water. We played three <laughs> games this week. Uh, they were Bazoo Crash, Baked Magic, and Hello Charlotte Ep 2 Requiem Aeternum Deo. Uh, why don't we start with Bazoo Crash by Shinyuden, a single-player procedurally generated arcade destruction shooter made with Unreal Engine. Bazoo Crash is the story of another sleepless night for Morlando. <laughs> what a funny name. <laughs> Who ty- who's tired of the noise of the patrol-, patrol cars in his neighborhood, decides to grab his bazooka and two more weapons to unleash hell. Um, so we play quite a few jam games by nature of the, the kind of the bundle that we are playing right now. And uh they are of varying quality i would say this is like on the upper end of jam game quality that we have played uh, yeah so it's this first person shooter where you're kind of locked into one spot right and you you can look around and below you are these fish cars driving in water and some of those fish cars are also police cars and to me what i what was most striking about it was like you know as a kid like the thing that we used to do in gta 3 was like go to the top of a parking structure and like do all the cheats to get bazookas and like shoot at cop cars below you so this was like this wild experience of like not only replicating the like the sort of like feeling of that but also giving it the surrealist quality right <laughs> where it was like yeah they're, they're playing like this really strange sort of classical like dun da 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 yeah yeah it's just Bolero's going off the whole time you're and like bazooking and rifling so and... it was like wow this is like this is like childhood but it's childhood it like a dream version of a thing that i did <laughs> when i was a kid but That's like it's coincidence what's that like it's very a very specific activity in gta to do that and then to have like was did was that a thing that uh what people did in that game or i don't know i mean i it was what we did it was like the easiest way to get like five stars right like you could just hole up and like the the game characters couldn't figure out how to like you know get into the parking like the cops were like running around inside of the parking structure kind of confused so you could kind of just chill up there and really right. just take out some cop cars. But yeah, no, it was it was strange. It was like, this is like so specific and really abnormal. Uh, yeah, yeah. What'd you think, Daniel, playing Bazoo Crash? Yeah, uh, so it, it was a, a game jam game. Mm. Okay, because I was, I was, I figured it was because it felt a lot like one. And it's, it having done Ludum Dare quite a few times, it, it seems like this is something I would, expect to see out of that but i could I didn't see anything on the page that said it was so i was really 
hoping I wasn't um, calling someone's like long-term work a game jam game. Uh, you know, it, I, I should co correct myself. I may have been doing just that. But playing <laughs> it, I was like, there's, you know, for me, I was like, there's no way this is like a, a release game. Yeah, I mean, but I think you're completely correct. It, it very much could have been someone. It, it definitely was looked at well on it, like pretty enough to be yeah, yeah. long-time work. Yeah, I mean, it was... Uh, yeah, it was very well polished, and um, the the shooting uh, was quite satisfying. Like it was very just satisfying. the sound, the visuals, the feeling of all. Th I think there were three different weapons. All felt great to use. Wait, there were was... three different weapons? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. it was like a Spartan laser thing from like Halo Three. There was like <laughs> <laughs> oh, something man. else. The, yeah. I I only had the the whatever the little rocket launcher or yeah. exploding bullets one. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it. Uh, it was satisfying to like click on on these things. I played through it. I I had a hard time kind of differentiating between the cars, right? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, and then eventually it was like, oh, okay, the flashing lights of the police cars. And then I won like the second time through. And I think that it it's kind of a good example of like why you kind of don't want to have like too good of a song as your as your like soundtrack because like it's got like it, it made me realize that like oh there's there's like something to having like a little bit more of an innocuous soundtrack right like when you have this like overwhelming experience like i don't know if i want to replay a, like i don't know how many times i want to re-listen to bolero you know what i mean yeah. like if if the if the if the hope of this game is that like you continue playing it and trying to get a hard a higher score again like it's almost too intense and too good of a song to be like yeah. like wow i'm really gonna <laughs> really gonna get back in there again. Uh, from intense music like that <laughs> like yeah well I, I think you know this is this game's fun. I, I had a good time with it. But let's get let's do some final thoughts. Uh, I, I uh, had a good time playing it. It's you know you're basically just like as we've said, you're blowing up cars, trying to make sure you blow up the right cars. Uh, there's satisfying gun feelings. You know, there's not much going on. I'm a play on this. Just uh, you know, pick it up and like tool around with it for a little bit. You know, it's definitely not. You can play it. You don't have to skip it. But there's not a lot to it. So if it sounds fun, <laughs> check it out. But uh, yeah, that's me. Uh, what do you think, Daniel? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just yeah. there's not much of a substance in terms of the overall structure of the game. And uh, considering this bundle has some like fully fledged experiences um it's hard to recommend something like this over those but there's certainly it's not to knock it it's uh, competent for what it set out to do i guess yeah would you say would on a one or zero would you give it a pass or would you give it a play <laughs> what do you think i'd give it a pass only because you have to stack it against the substantial full mm. experience of the, like some of the games in this bundle like there's celeste in this bundle there's some totally. like big ticket games in here the so hex, like play those first. <laughs> hex, yeah you know <laughs> uh yeah i'm kind of in the in the same sort of place i mean like it, it's fun uh for about like the five to ten minutes sort of experience of, of playing it clicking on these things um and if like as a kid you stood on top of a parking structure in gta 3 and shot bazookas uh uh cars this is gonna give you a weird like kind of deja vu sort of feeling like with this like surrealist sort of uh 
you know, kind of filter along with it. But I think also I'm a little bit of a pass on it just because mm. it is it's not quite it's not quite enough. It's cool. It's fun. Uh, but it's like, yeah, it's a little lacking a little bit of substance there. So that's my right. that's my final thoughts on Bazoo Crash. You're going to be OK. Hannah? Next game. Uh, you pissed oh yeah, at me. I'm, I'm... Uh, no, I, I think these are very fair opinions. And also because Daniel uh, agreed with you, then I'm on the same page. <laughs> uh, the game name here uh, for the next one is Baked Magic by Red Baby, a cute anime LGBT romance fantasy visual novel made with Renpy. Description, Baked Magic is a lighthearted story about Lana, a witch that owns a bakery. She recently took an uh, took on an apprentice that is eager to learn how to bake delicious muffins using magic. They are frequented by their number one customer, who is a royal knight. Learn how Lana deals with love, life projection and acceptance play through the four days of her life ending with a single big event okay so you know it's a visual novel and we're rocking and we're rolling you know i there was no fan fiction about final fantasy three characters or Chrono Trigger <laughs> characters so but that's kind of the the level we're looking at you know the art's fun if you like visual novels and sort of lighthearted things and you're really interested like you like there is an element of representation to this but i think is important you know sure. you don't see a, mm -hmm. a lot of ones like that but it's um there's not like a ton of decisions you make in it you know it's it is a visual novel and so there's some tedious parts where you can't skip things but if this is the kind of thing that you're into it might be worth checking out what did you guys think yeah it started it started a little rough for me and i think you know for the same reason that that we've kind of talked about in this podcast where like an overwritten sort of exposition and the lack mm. of um the lack of kind of like choices up top i think it's i think it's hard i think that sometimes people um and, and this could be an early game or you know i don't know i don't know how much how much game design that uh these folks have done um but but really kind of like you know sometimes people kind of can give you way too much before you, the, before they let you make any decisions at all mm -hmm. or make any choices. And, and that was my experience up top. And so I think when I first started, I was like, you know, like the idea of like a, uh, you know, lesbian witches working in a bakery is like, that could be really cool. Like that's a very mm -hmm. cool idea up top. And, um, then once I started playing, it was like, okay, it's a little, it's a little, it's not quite there. It's not quite gripping me, you know, up top, but yeah, that was my initial experience with it. I think I read in, in the about section might've been, or maybe it was the game page that it was the developer's first game, I believe. Mm. So that makes you're sense. not, you're not uh, wrong to say that. And I think maybe they, maybe they would agree with you. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, I think it, it had a, a pretty warm and welcoming atmosphere. Well, that was my mm -hmm. very first impression. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly not my genre, I would say, because I, despite, I guess you could accuse the hex of having a lot of text in it, but mm -hmm. I, I don't really love a ton of text um, in a row without much interactivity in between it. And the interactivity yeah. or gameplay elements um, were a little bit sparse and, and not very there wasn't much to it there's like the trial and error of picking mm -hmm. the potion ingredients and some of the sprites in the kitchen were identical so they're really you couldn't even if they said like find the 
whatever cinnamon there's like you have to click three different bags that might be cinnamon Mm -hmm. to get Mm -hmm. it but there were some i think this is a more limited tool and i thought there were some inventive uses of the tool like there was a stirring of the eggs by Mm -hmm. kind of clicking in a circle and i imagine that the actual motion of stirring might not have been available to them but that was kind of an inventive way to kind of create that idea in the game with the tools they had uh so yeah yeah Yeah, the the, the crescendo was fun too like the way i I thought there were some limitations like in in renpy in general but like at the 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 single big event at the end uh there's (laughs) like people are moving and shaking all over the place and that sort of thing you know and i i wasn't (laughs) expect i don't expect that kind of thing from a visual novel where the palette is so limited so that Mm -hmm. was kind of that was fun too i so my favorite line of the of the entire thing is uh so you're you're uh you're you're a witch working in a bakery you've got this apprentice and your your primary customer is this knight who works at the castle and she is um you're like war buddies and she's confessing that she is in love with the princess of the castle and um and you're also in love with her. And I, I chose the option of like confessing my love to her. And she <laughs> she turned me down. But but when she's talking about how she loves the princess, she says, I'm an elf and my body is scarred from war. I don't have any redeeming qualities. And, <laughs> and, and to me, that is just like, I you know, like I think that I think that up top, Alex, when you and I sort of started the project, we, we were I was maybe really like <laughs> I was mean and didn't like wasn't trying to like look for uh redeeming things so like when i started this game i was like "Mm, i'm not not crazy about it and kind of left it Uh, but it's like really fun to kind of push through those like initial feelings push through some of those expositions and find something like i'm an elf and my body is scarred from war i don't have any redeeming qualities is like a truly incredible piece of dialogue you know like hidden inside of this game that is maybe a little uh you know could use a little bit of uh, it's a cottage it's cottage core like a cozy little like you know story to while away in after tune yeah. After, after, after an after tune, which would be your tunes in the afternoon. Um, uh, I, I think you, you know. Here's the here's the thing about these games, and let's just move into final thoughts. For for me specifically with this one, I would probably be a pass on this one, just like a personal pass, just because um, as a visual novel, I think this game's like you know is a as a if it's a first effort, like you know, kudos. Like this is a really really great mm-hmm. first effort. Um, but even compared to some other visual novels we played and stuff like that, there is like very little in terms of branching storylines. You know, there's like not a ton of sophistication going on, um, and like it, it's pretty quick. You know, so if you're looking for a, a, like an after tune thing, you know, uh, <laughs> go for it. But I, I would say I'm a pass on this one. Um, I liked, you know, I, I like visual novels with a little more heft, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But there's some great representation, and if it sounds interesting, you can play it in a half hour. It's definitely worth your time. But that's it for me, um, Daniel. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, I pretty much agree with everything you said there. Uh, I think for some people, uh, with the representation aspect of it, or people who are more into visual novels, I think there are some people who this is for mm-hmm. uh, and and may want to check it out, but. Uh, I would probably give it a pass as well. And that's, of course, by the standard of some of the better games in this bundle. It's like it's some stiff competition here. So, for sure. Uh, yeah. 
yeah. once again, Celeste, the hacks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, you know, like, I, yeah, I think I'm also a, a pass on it. I think, like, as far as visual novels go, there's you got to clear a pretty high bar for for me personally, just sort of like, you know, and, and, and give me a little bit more interactivity, especially up top. But that being said, there are some really fun moments in this thing. And to watch, like, you know, I'm going to spoil, there's big spoilers, so... If you haven't played it and you're interested in playing it, then like, you know, don't st- like skip ahead a, a couple seconds. But like, you know, like ending with a, a princess, like marrying a, a woman elf whose body is scarred from war. And, right. And like and the king just sort of being OK with it. Right. Like in this like very patriarchal. <laughs> like It's like this king is like marrying his daughter off. Right. Which is like usually for the intention of like having then children to perpetuate the dynasty for that to just be like, nah, it's just going to be a lesbian relationship. And it's like, I, that's rad. That's super cool. So I, you know, I was, they, I, I was thinking about that too, man. Just sort of like, wow, this King is not cutthroat at all. I don't know how much longer this kingdom's going to, you know, what sort of like additions to the kingdom do they get by this Alliance? Yeah, it's, you know, very not politically sad, savvy move, but yeah. you know, like I, which is which is cool, right? Like that's kind yeah, of the point of right, fantasy right, is right, you right. you you know can experience the world as it should be instead of as it as it is. Uh, so, but but unfortunately, it's not quite there as far as a full you know game and experience for me. So I'm a pass on baked magic, but there's there's some fun stuff in there if uh, visual novels are your jam. All right, moving on to the last game, Hello Charlotte, Episode Two, Requiem. Eternum Deo um, by Etherane, dark, a dark humor, horror, minimalist sci-fi puzzle RPG made with RPG Maker. Uh, Hello, Charlotte, Episode 2 is a visual novel-esque RPG with sci-fi elements and dark humor written and drawn by Etherane. Requiem Etherum Deo follows the events of Episode 1, Junk Food Gods and Teddy Bears. Explore the house, go to school, socialize, make friends with gods, play with mag, mag cats, and have fun. All until the trial comes. Oh. Okay, so I didn't get super duper far in this game just because that like it's it's really like in in terms of being an rpg with a very different voice you know a very different specific thing uh this is definitely that you know there is like i've never played a game like this which we we say i think you know once every couple episodes uh like of games we play in the bundle you know because this is like a, a project from uh clearly like one person the art of the the character art is really good like it's it's like a cool anime art compared to a lot of things but they made an rpg that feels like an extended series of fetch quests you know what i mean mm-hmm. like so if we're talking about comparing it to like a lot of different things in the bundle this is like a tough thing to recommend you know but if rpg maker things are your jam you know if, if you like that sort of stuff this is like a weird sci-fi Kafka novel, you know, that you're sort of yeah. navigating, which if that's your thing, you know, and that kind of level of, of frustration feels like it might be fun. I, I think it's worth checking out. What did you guys think? Yeah. So it's, it's got like a, you know, kind of like game boy style sort mm-hmm. of aesthetic kind of initially, right. Very top down. You're kind of wandering these, these rooms. Um, and up top, I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then I think what what is really truly incredible, like the 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 writing in this game, 
is i think remarkable and i i <laughs> like the first time so i wrote another line down from this one the toilet paper smells like apple pie it's crazy how far humans have come with inventions like <laughs> whoa like there is there like you know like i feel like i've encountered we have encountered games that are trying to you know be edgy or funny or you know kind of like and it, and it just misses the mark this is a game that like is bizarre and like very successfully bizarre like it doesn't feel mm. like like you know a, a normal boring person trying to be bizarre like it's like some of the writing in this is like legitimately cool and weird and strange mm. so i think like that i think was was to me what was most remarkable up top uh daniel what'd you think as you started playing hello charlotte episode two yeah i mean this is this one is pretty interesting and it's like obviously the most substantial game mm. of the three so i was kind of ready to get a little more deep into it although i didn't i got as far as just after the umbrella man shows up i don't know i did not encounter the umbrella man okay. i think you're <laughs> so I got I the did. farthest. Yeah. How, uh, many, how many how many hours in were you? Not maybe one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't I don't remember exactly, um, but I thought it was interesting. Yeah. It, it definitely it it feels like there was thought like the writing. Yeah, I agree. The writing is good. It's hard to say why and like I don't know <laughs> how to evaluate writing personally, but it did feel like um, the illusions made and. Um, some of like the books on the bookshelf and other things were intentional. They weren't random choices or mm. an attempt to be edgy or anything like that. So I, I was, my thoughts were being provoked by what was happening. Um, I yeah. found, yeah. It's like that first, there's that moment where you're going to school and you go to school, like by jumping off a ledge and you land in yeah. a ball pit. It's yeah, like, yeah. I, like it's, it's, they did a good job of like creating a surrealist piece of, you know yeah work in this like there's like moment also where you're like walking by a bunch of like giant legs and stuff like that oh yeah yeah and then even if you like look at the like the menu screen and look at the the characters and the uh and part of it i think is the experience of being like thrown into a world which like i could not recommend to game designers more right just like i kind of never want exposition in a game throw me the fuck into a world right and then yeah. like let me figure this game out certainly throws you the fuck it there is like multiple layers of like understanding that like you don't have about what's going on you oh, are yeah. something there is something else that is something else like you're, you're maybe in hell you're maybe in yeah. a parallel dimension you're in like the intersection of all it's a world where the intersection of these things is like more there and at least to me it's like never they never really explain anything which yeah. i appreciate i'm kind of yeah, with yeah. you just in terms of like it's like this is a wild thing um that makes I, me want to explore right like yeah. that just makes me yeah. want to like continue around into it right like it, it, and if we compared it to like baked magic which sort of like gives you everything kind of up top there's that that exploration factor is is limited when i have so much information and with mm -hmm. this having so little information i'm like i want to i want to keep going right i don't know yeah. yeah it was i don't know it was it's cool and creepy but it doesn't really overdo it yeah 
there was a genuine like Lynchian moment, which is I think actually accurate in this case where <laughs> uh, the you're sitting down in class and then your classmate comes beside you and says something like, I'm God or something like that. And then yeah. a weird laugh track comes in. And then <laughs> before you even have time to process that, the teacher starts talking and the teacher has no head and talks in like backwards text. Yeah, And, and that, that, is... that one, two punch got me like pretty interested. I was like, well, well now what's going to happen? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, but to the point of it being a bit frustrating, there are some pretty obtuse game logic puzzles in there. Like to get to the elevator, to go to school, you have to stick a sticker on your bag uh, that you could only find by exhausting every option. And God well, help you if you left there, that room and started looking around again, because like, there was, yeah, no, there was there, there is a hint that tells you that oh, okay. early on. Yeah. So there is like a little bit, I stopped, I stopped playing when I tried to walk into the principal's room and it was like, no nope, game over. Like you shouldn't yeah. have walked into the principal's room. And like, to yeah. me, yeah, that had that frustrating. I think like that's, we've talked about, Oh, that was annoying. Yeah. About the monkey Island developers and how yeah. they kind of decided, uh, you know, almost in response to kind of early game design, like very punishing kind of game design. And, um, you know, by by choosing to um, pursue, you know, like not punish you for exploration. Yeah, and they I want to make like, exploration fun. And mm -hmm. and so a game like this, where it is such a specific world and voice, and all and all I want to do is is exploring it. Whenever I I get punished for exploration in that way, that is yeah, very that was a bit brutal. Now every door could end your save and who knows when you last saved and yeah and now i'm like you know <laughs> right i don't want to like you know like very rarely do i want to you know redo five minutes of yeah my like you know rpg or yeah uh, you know especially rpg kind of experience right but like we are in a world now where it's like it's very everything is like immediately saved for you right yeah <laughs> so like it's hard to be like, oh yeah, I just want to go back and like, you know, pepper spray these people again because it's like, yeah. you know, it did, was did like you so guys, did you guys experience combat at all? In, yeah. In this, I experienced it one time. Um, does is there more, Daniel? As you keep on going, yeah, there is more. more. It seems like sort of random encounters. I think I had maybe three of them in the time oh. I played, and they were all similar. Where it's a, uh, it's. I mean, I've used RPG Maker way back when so a lot of this was a, a little familiar and i kind of know the tools that they're working with so i mean like an enemy appears you have either a basic attack or a set of abilities and um they're either going to like do damage or do a status effect or heal you or something like that and i think that was the extent of the combat from what i saw the mm. but specifically the combat though layered over was that you attacked by socializing right that was like... an interesting kind of rapper yeah the combat. what that was the fuck cool. is going on that's nuts i love it you know yeah, what i mean yeah. like I, I would like to explore that a little bit more which is which is kind of like what brings it back to me is like the, the this is uh the, the game is from an estonian artist uh, mm -hmm. or like designer maybe maybe a Estonian creator you could say so i think um for if, if they are a non-native english speaker like this is a really cool thing that i they thought created. that too yeah yeah their because English must be very advanced very if that's advanced. their second language. Yeah, that's very exactly. impressive. Yeah. Um, and also, I really, 
you know, if this game had bad art, I think it would be kind of untenable. But everything, all the care individual characters are like really coolly drawn, kind of like anime characters, mm-hmm. um, uh, and it looks good. I think. You know, you see a lot of anime characters in specific games like this that don't look good. The, the, everything does look good, and and I know. thought they this was definitely somebody doing a lot with a little like the room, yeah. the TV yeah. room. You know, like that mm-hmm. that first room with and just like the colors of it. Like you were talking about like pretty simple line drawings and then like blocks of color and like I just remember walking into that room and being like, oh, this is strange and weird and uh, definitely somebody who has like an artistic eye right like definitely yeah it's cool it is like Uh, yeah i got some undertale vibes from this game and i'm I'm gonna assume that it came out after Uh, undertale i think that's that's a very very fair assumption what's undertales undertale undertale uh it was kind of like a indie mega hit in 2015 okay i think um and the the amount of fan worship toward that game is is almost unparalleled i think in the world of indie games okay Um, yeah i i uh have played it but not like extensively and i it actually came out when i was working on pony island and it had some similar ideas although not that similar so I felt that I had to learn about it, and I watched all these videos to see what I could glean from it. And then when my game came out, only a, not that many months after it, uh, a lot of people accused me of copying Undertale and uh. or or said my game was inspired by, it, even though the release windows were too tight. But uh, yeah, it, it's very very good and interesting and well written. So I recommend Undertale these, to these anyone who hasn't. Fucking heard of it. Undertale fans, man, <laughs> fuck them, Daniel. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm with I'm with you, man. Fuck Undertale, dude. This is <laughs> wow, Undertale beef here here on Bundle Buddies. Go. Yeah. <laughs> game is no game. Undertale, we're coming for everybody. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, the, the, so, final thoughts on on uh, Hello Charlotte episode two Requiem after Namdeo. Um, my biggest complaint is that I really wish it was controller compatible. Oh, because yeah. I think, you know, as like an RPG, that's kind of the way I want to interface with things a little more. And um, also on a PC, I couldn't make the screen bigger. Yeah, uh, that was same. unfortunate. Yeah. I found a shortcut uh, by Googling like RPG Maker full screen shortcut. But I think the reason why they don't present that option is because the art is quite low resolution and it doesn't mm. scale well. So when mm. I full screened it, it stretched the aspect ratio and kind of destroyed the uh art like it, it, it didn't scale up the art properly yeah there you go so i mean that makes a lot of sense so thank but you that for was hard on my the eyes there. Yeah, yeah yeah um so th- as a creation of a like uh a creator with a singular voice i think it was really really cool and like i have a it sort of feels like a project that someone does because they like making stuff which mm-hmm. i will never ever like shit on that's like my bread and butter is like almost to a fault so <laughs> Uh, but like having said that, like, I, I don't know, you know, if it sounds interesting to like wander around someone's mind for a little bit and like get sort of these cool artistic thoughts out there and to sort of explore it, there's quite a bit here that you can like learn, uh, that can be frustrating and also very interesting. But like, I would say I'm a pass on this one explicitly just because like, it's like, uh, uh, you know, 
it's like an RPG maker thing. If an RPG maker thing is the kind of stuff you like to check out, I say by all means check this out. But you know, there's just it, it, it's like wild. It's like the, <laughs> the, the way I sort of feel about it. Um, Daniel, let, let, let's go to you next. Yeah, you know what? I'll give this one a play because there we go. <laughs> uh, I thought it was it was interesting, and yeah, I mean, there's like I've been saying, there's some stiff competition in this bundle, but this is bringing something kind of unique. It's surreal um, in a pretty genuine way. It's not like reaching too hard to be that way, or at least that's how I kind of saw mm-hmm. it. And um, it's got some neat, um, I don't know, it's just got a neat vibe. I'll go, I'll go play. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm also a play on this one. I think that like, I have a, I don't know what it is, but like, if they missed the mark with the writing, like this is, is very much in my, like my taste. And so like when I read something that is like going for like weird and strange and misses, like that's, that's the biggest pass in the world. And this is Mm -hmm. like going for weird and strange and it is successfully weird and strange. And it feels very uh, authentic to the creator, right? Like it feels like this is, probably a weird and strange person making or like somebody who likes weird and strange things, mm-hmm. you know, making something. And, and uh, I, I think to that end, it, it's really, it's really well done. It's really a specific bizarro world that you can kind of wander around in, uh, save as much as you possibly can while you're playing. Yeah. It, it, it has some very aggravating gameplay like actual gameplay elements to it, but yeah. I, which I think like usually I'm the person who's like, no, that like the aggravating gameplay elements put me off. But for this one, it was those those things kind of I I'm I'm gonna let them pass because like the art and the writing of this one are, are very are top notch and strange. And so if you mm-hmm. like strangeness, if you're into weirdness, you got to check out Hello Charlotte episode two Requiem, Aderman Deo, <laughs> which I found. Google Translate tells me means eternal rest to God. Hell yeah. Dude, this thing is (laughs) fucking strange. I love it. Oh, Um, man. So cool. Fantastic. Guys, uh, we're at the end of the app. Daniel, where can folks find you online? Is there a specific project you want to plug? Let's get all that stuff. Tell us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, On Twitter, it's dmullinsgames, or my website is danielmullinsgames.com. And I'm definitely going to plug my most recent game, Inscription. It's not out yet, but it will be this year. Um, so we're getting, it's in the home stretch here. Uh, might be September or October. And uh, if you like deck building roguelikes and the strange meta elements of the hex, it might be the perfect union for you. <laughs> Big fan. Will you Will you come back on when, when the game comes out and uh, sure. promote yeah. it? Hell yeah. Yeah, we'll do yeah. Press, we'll do the, the press rounds, man. Yeah. yeah Daniel, thank you so much for doing the pod. Yeah, thanks for having me on. That was a lot of fun. That was a great podcast, folks. Alex, I think that you and I are getting really good at this. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, Our guest next week is the amazing Willie Mansour. Um, He's a buddy. We met in, or rather, I met. Eric didn't know him when he was in Chicago, (laughs) but... He's based in LA now. He's an illustrator, uh, songwriter, but mostly an actor and comedian. Uh, really wonderful dude. And oh yeah, we 
had so much fun having him on the pod. Um, the games are Flux by Mars Ashton, a 2D rhythm futuristic minimalist retro sci-fi cyberpunk game. Starseed Pilgrim by Droquin, a symphonic exploration gardening platformer. And Chicken Sausage, Walk the Plank. We're coming back to the pirate side of the, uh, a point-and-click pirate adventure by Tuki Paluki <laughs> and Armor Game Studios, a 2D adventure puzzle point-and-click comedy. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, I can't oh. wait either. Well, Alex, I'll see you later, man. I'll see you later, man. I love you. Like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review there, please. And track us down on the web at bundle underscore buddies on Twitter. I love you, too. Theme song is Neo Shiki Bear Roll Music. Email bundlebuddiespodcast at gmail.com to say hi. Ahoy. Shh. 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 Sh